0: You can also check us out online by going to ouravenuechurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. Today, we're going to look at an aspect uh, of something that we receive from the Holy Spirit in gifts. How many of you like to get gifts? right i told this story some of you like i want to be your friends cuz then i have to never give you anything for your birthday right and so i was telling a story this morning my my youngest daughter is she just turned 8 and we're having a birthday party for today two services and then a birthday party lots of fun right not but she turned 8 and a, a few weeks ago and literally the week of her birthday after she'd already gotten gotten some gifts and had her birthday cake she was we were upstairs and she was like dad do you know what I want for Christmas? <laughs> and I, she's like, I wanna tell you what I want for Christmas. Like, you just had a birthday. She's like, I know, but I don't want you to forget. And I don't wanna forget. And in my mind, I'm like, I kinda hope you do forget that you what you want. And so I told her this, I was like, you can't, like I stopped her, I don't wanna know. Don't tell me until after you start third grade. So at least we can get through all the summer and get into August, and I'm really kinda hoping she forgets before then, to be honest, right? Are you guys glad I'm not God? <laughs> God does not interact with us on that way. He does give us gifts, but it's gifts that are good for us and that we need. And one of the roles of the respons- and responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is he gives us gifts. So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at a few passages. We're going to camp out here for most of the day. And just so that you know, like I looked at first service and like their hair was gone back and their eyes. So this is like a fire hose message today. Those of you who are at first service, would you agree? So if you want to record me, um, I'm completely okay with that. Just don't like um, use it against me in court. So if anything I say cannot be used against, but it is a lot of information. So you guys ready to lean in when you're in first Corinthians 12, say word. Awesome, all right, 1 Corinthians 12, let's look at verse 12. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. This is coming from the NIV version. Normally, I read the NLT version. So I want us to read this so we can see one perspective of a translation. Now let's look at the New Living Translation and what it says. It says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your questions about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand and so we see two descriptions here. One says uh, gifts of the spirit or spiritual gifts. One says special abilities. And he says, I don't want you to, to misunderstand, to be misunderstood. And I don't want you uh, to, to be uninformed. Uninformed. And so many times in the church world, there are things that are misunderstood and there are things that we are uninformed of. Would you guys agree? That that we misunderstand things because of incorrect teaching or maybe we didn't go back and study it for ourselves and so we're just taking someone else's word for it. Or maybe we were a part of a a church or a community that didn't talk about certain things so we were uninformed. And Paul here is actually answering a question that the the church of Corinth had written to them because he says, about your question regarding the Holy Spirit and its gifts. I don't want you to be uninformed. And so here's what, you know, spiritual gifts are. Um, Essentially, he says spiritual gifts and special abilities. And so spiritual gifts are really these special abilities that God gives us for certain things. And I don't want you to think, um, I don't want you to think that it's like talents Um, because some of us have like talents for singing, talents for drawing. Some of us have, uh, like physical strength and some of us have abilities to play different sports. Those aren't necessarily, um, spiritual gifts. You may even have an ability to sing or to dance or to do whatever different things. Those aren't necessarily spiritual gifts until you come into a relationship with Christ. And then he takes those natural abilities and almost like supercharges them by the power of the Holy Spirit to do a greater work. Does that make sense? And so, you know, when, when, when you think of all this like spirit language, we use the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, spiritual gifts, fruits of the Spirit. What, what are all these things? I want you to understand that spiritual gifts and fruits of the Spirit are not the same thing. Okay, if you've been in church and you've heard those two languages, but maybe you're misinformed or you don't understand, I want you to know that spiritual gifts and fruits of the Spirit are not the same thing, okay? We all, those of us who are following Christ, we all have a responsibility to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit in our life. You know, Scripture says in the New Testament, like Jesus says several times, he's like, you will know a tree by its what? Fruit, okay, not its leaves, but by its fruit. And so, for you and I to be known as followers of Jesus, we must have certain fruit in our life. And we see what these are in Galatians, and that we should have the fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and what's the last one, guys? self-control. Anybody else struggle with that one, right? There's Cheetos in my house or brownies. I lose all self-control. And so I really take it as like, I'm doing my family a favor that I'm trying to get it, like get all of that stuff out of the house. So they're not tempted for it, like by it. So I'm taking one for the team really is what I'm doing. But we're supposed to all, all of us, okay. We're all supposed to be bearers of, fruits of the spirit. Now, some of us may have like a little more than the other. Some of us maybe don't have as much patience and that fruit gets depleted really quick. Anybody? Right. But we should all produce that. And it's cultivated slowly over time in walking in relationship with Jesus. But gifts are things that are given to us. that are these special abilities and really these gifts that we'll talk about today. They are the packaging and the vehicle that we use to distribute and to present and to give the fruits of the spirit which nourish those around us, right? And so we use our gifting to get these fruits into the lives of people around us, okay? Um, Second thing is this. Spiritual gifts are the tools for doing ministry and building the church. Spiritual gifts are the tools that the church uses for ministry and building the church. And I'm not just talking about building a building, but building up God's people. Because the word of God says that you are the church, not the building, regardless of how nice the building is or, or, or what the name on the sign is, you and I, the people of God, are the church of God. And so we have been giving gifts to build up the church. Everything that happens on a Sunday morning. And so before you guys get here, it's an empty building. And sometimes there are parties the night before, there are weddings the night before, and so we have to come in, we have to set up, we have, there's no elevator, and we can't roll our carts in, so we're like taking tubs up and down the steps. Like we're getting everything set up for you guys from the worship that we experience, from the coffee being made, from the incredible connection team, the, the ushers and greeters at the door, they are all operating out of a spiritual gift. And those of you who are serving on those teams may not realize that you're operating out of a gift that God has given you. And some of you may be sitting here and thinking, well, I have nothing to offer the church. There is a gift that God has given you as a tool to help build his church regardless, and I didn't say this first service, regardless of how long you've been walking with the Lord. Don't think you have to wait 10 years before you can start using your gift. You get to use it, it's like on Christmas, like as soon as you open your gifts, you just wanna start using it right then, right? Right? We don't have to wait. And sometimes we think, guys, I think, I think we think in the church world, we have to wait until we've been to enough services or we've prayed enough prayers or we've done enough Bible study before we can use our gifts. God gives them to us and we can use them starting right out of the gate. First Corinthians chapter 12, let's stay there. Um, let's look at verses four through seven. You guys still with me? All right, it says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. So there's different gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. So each one of us have different gifts. Some of us may have, you know, similar gifts, but if you were to take a survey, we would all have different gifts, even though our gifts are, our gifts are different, right? Even I'm telling you, it's a lot of words today. Even though our gifts are different, it is the same spirit. They gave me my gifts and has given you your gifts, right? And it says, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. So even though in those gifts, we may serve in different ways. If you have the gift of hospitality, you may greet or you may ush right? Exactly what does an usher do? Like ush, right? <laughs> Just make sure we get you in your seat. Um, when I was growing up, the usher made, every, made sure everyone was cry, quiet. You guys remember those? I'm sitting on the back row of the little Baptist church and the usher's right in front of me and he's turning around all the time. Be quiet, right? But we, we may have the gift of hospitality, but we may use it in different ways. But look at this. It says that we all serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. And so even though we have different gifts, we may use them in different ways, different platforms, um, different seasons, different areas. It's the same spirit that's given us the gifts. And it's the same God that we're serving, whether it's in the church or in the workplace, because your gifts aren't just meant to be used in church. You can use your gifts wherever you're at. And so it's the same Lord that we're serving and it's the same God working in all of us. Um, Next thought is this. It says the, the Holy Spirit gives the gifts and we are the stewards of that gift. The Holy Spirit gives the gifts and we're stewards. Now stewards is really just a fancy way of saying someone who takes care of something. But not just someone who takes care of something, but someone who takes care of something well. Because we all have things that we just have, right? And we take care of them, but maybe not so well. It's like we are just keeping it in case we need it some other day, right? So many of us probably have clothes in our closet that we're stewarding, waiting for it to come back in style or we can fit in it again, right? was <laughs> like, amen, right? That's not necessarily a good steward. You probably just need to get rid of it. If you wore it once, like, like they're wearing stuff that I wore in college, I can't understand like, but I can't wear it again. Like I've already reached that threshold, right? I've I've passed that. But there are things that that we have in life that we have to be a good steward. Look at your neighbor and say, good steward, right? And so you and I have responsibility to be a good steward. And what that means is that, that we don't necessarily have the gifts. We are stewards, just like as parents we said earlier, we're stewards of our children. They're a gift from God. Our spiritual gifts, we are stewards of them. Um, And so we don't really have them. What we have is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has all the gifts. And so there's something that we need, the Holy Spirit has it. And then he gives it to us when we need it, okay? So the Holy Spirit gives the gifts. We are the stewards of that gift, Repeat this verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse seven. Don't repeat after me, but I'm gonna repeat this verse. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of you so you can help each other. God has given each of us, this is 1 Peter chapter four, two verses, two different people, saying essentially the same thing. Paul is saying a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And then Peter is saying in 1 Peter chapter four, verse 10, says God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them how? Well, to serve who? One another. So two points from these two passages. The first one is this. All believers have a set of spiritual gifts. All believers, whether you're 10 or whether you're 100, whether you've been walking with the Lord for a week or you've been walking with the Lord your entire life, you have a set of, of spiritual gifts. And, and a lot of times, you know, we, we, we want to think that it's just one, uh, but it's, it's probably not. Here's, here's what I believe, what I've seen operated in other people's lives and in my own, that we have primary gifts that stay with us the majority of our life. And then we have secondary gifts that we have for different seasons and different tasks that God calls us to for a season. So for me, some of my primary gifts that I've seen in operation in my life, even before I knew there were such things as spiritual gifts, was teaching, exhortation, and, or teaching, encouragement, and, and pastoring. Even before I ever thought I wanted to be a pastor, I realized when I was in my fraternity in college and as an RA in college, I was pastoring those guys. I didn't have the title and I didn't understand that was a spiritual gift. But now on this side of my experience, I realized it was God working in me, a spiritual gift outside the walls of the church. And then I'm always going to encourage you. I'm fist bumping, hugging, high-fiving. Like, you can chew me out. I'm like, that's awesome. Can you do that again? You're so good at that, right? We're like, like I'm just going to encourage you. I mean, I may go to the corner and cry for a little bit, but then I really want you to like me, so I'll say you did a good job, right? But I'm always encouraging. That's just, that's just what I do because I never want to see anyone walking around, like, looking at the ground and depressed. And then I just love explaining the word of God to people. And so those are things that, that I've seen in operation in my life. But then some, some secondary gifts that I believe I'm operating in right now and it's, I'm not great at, and my wife might disagree that I operate in the gift of administration in this season. Um, it's bad, y'all. And so like, like if, if this is bad with me using it, it's real bad when I don't have it, okay? And so with planning a church, there are so many details, to finding a new place to meet because we're outgrowing this one. We went to two services and I was afraid we didn't have enough chairs, second service. So we're trying to meet with realtors and talk to schools to find a new location and then there's all this other stuff. And so when I was going through, when we were going through the, the, the church planning training, we had to put together a business plan and like how we were gonna market, how we were gonna recruit, how we were gonna raise funds, what our website was gonna look like, what our social media was. I was like, I just wanna start a church like, this is how you start a church. And so I put it all together in a nice shiny binder and I handed it to my coach and we're going through it. And he's like, man, this is incredible. This is so good. I'm looking at my wife like, yeah, I did this. But here's what's crazy is he looked at Jennifer and he said, look, it's obvious he's a very detailed and task-oriented person. So you need to make sure the people are getting taken care of. And all of my coordinators know like that, there's no, like, that's just not true. Like that's not, but it was in that moment. And so I'm kind of looking at my, and Jennifer, I'm like, did he just say that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But we all have seasons where I believe God gifts us for a task that may not be your primary, but it could be your secondary. Right. And so all of us, all of us, you guys say all of us. We all have, a, it's almost like the Oprah episode. You remember, guys, remember that? You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. You get a gift, you get a gift. You, nobody gets left out. And I wanna help us understand that and not be misinformed about it. So, And this is the other thing we have to understand, that when we look at these gifts that we all have, we have to understand that gifts are given to you, but they are not for you. Gifts are given to us, but they are not for us. The first, like, when, when I got the original, like, like, OG NES, Nintendo Entertainment System, that was, like, 8-bit. That was all for me. I didn't, I didn't have any brothers or sisters, nobody else. That was all for me. And that's in the natural world. The gifts that we get, we think they're for us. But when it comes to the things of God and the kingdom of God, the things that he gives us, the abilities, they're not just for us. So even though he gives them to you, they're not just for you. And it says that, that we have been given these gifts so that we may serve who? One another. That we may serve each other. That we can help each other. Um, I would tell you to look at your neighbor and say it's not about you, but I don't want anybody to get slapped. <laughs> right? But, but here's, here's what I want you to know in this is that that it's so much not about you that when you're not using your gift In your strength within the body of Christ, um, we suffer. And I know it's hard for you to understand that and think about that, but there is something that God has gifted you with an ability to do that you may not see as a gift and an ability. And so you're not using it, you're sitting on it, you're burying it, and someone is suffering as a result of it. And I know this because of what scripture tells us in Ephesians. Paul is talking about the body of Christ and how each one of us, me and you, as members of the body, how we fit together and how we help each other. And he makes the statement, he says, as each part, talking about you and I, does its own special work. It helps the other part, other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so as you're utilizing your spiritual gift and you're you're working with it, you're helping those beside you, behind you, in front of you grow, even those that are not yet here, you're making room to be able to impact their life in ways that you may not ever understand. And so as we're looking at at this point, it's like, all right, so you're talking about all these spiritual gifts, what, what are they? Paul tells us this. He says, in his grace, in Romans 12, God has given us, a different gift for doing certain things well. And so that when we have a gift, we're supposed to do it how? Well. If you've been given a gift of teaching, then teach well. If you've been given a gift of generosity, then give generously. If you can serve, serve well. If it's to be kind and show mercy, then do that with all the joy that you have. And so this is where it's gonna get really, really fast, really quick and a lot of information. So I wanna encourage you guys, you can get your phones out and you can take pictures of the screens. Okay, so there's so much information. I'm actually gonna do a series on the gifts of the spirit um, maybe in six months or a year because it's so much information. So if you wanna take pictures, I'll be watching for the cameras so that I smile. And it's a good pose. How I many of you know like when you're going to take a picture of somebody and they're not looking, it's like it's like what's wrong with him? But it? But feel free to do that. All right. Everyone's even cue. I want you to learn learn from this so you're not misinformed, okay? So depending on where you read and what you read, there could be anywhere from nine to about 26 spiritual gifts. And you're like, why all the confusion? And it's because there's no bullet list. How many of you like bullet lists, right? It's like all these spiritual gifts are interwoven in these letters to Paul or letters from Paul to the churches. And then we see some some spiritual gifts kind of called out and positioned in the Old Testament as God is calling the children of Israel out of Egypt. And so we've got about 24. I'm gonna hit the... highlights on some of them, but we're going to break them down to three categories. And the first category we're going to look at, um, is the equipping gifts. And Paul talks about these in Ephesians chapter four. Okay. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. You guys ready? It's going to be a lot. You guys nod, be with me. All right. It's almost like let's hit the starting line. Let's go. Ephesians chapter four, it talks about the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And these are people who are gifted with the ability to equip everyone else. And so a lot of times those are offices or titles within the church. You know, people, you know, old school, they call you Brother Stephen or Pastor Stephen. You can just call me Stephen, okay? Because that's who I am, right? But I understand the gifting that I have right now in the season is pastoring. And it's not my job to do everything. How many of us grew up in churches where the pastor did everything, right? He's making the hospital visits, teaching on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights, Bible studies. Meanwhile, his family suffers, right? It is my responsibility along with those others who have been gifted in teaching and prophesying is not just about speaking the future, but it's about saying what God says, right? That's, That's what prophecy is. It's our responsibility to help equip each other so that we can do all the work of the ministry because there is a lot to be done. So we look at apostleship, prophecy, evangelism, and actually there's a passage in scripture. When you think of evangelists, what do you think of? Someone in a suit yelling at a microphone, right? Or someone with a, actually there's a scripture that says that we are all to do the work of an evangelist that we are all to be a witness that it's about seeing or saying what you have seen and what you have experienced. So even though you may not say, "Well, I'm not an evangelist." Well, you still have a responsibility to do the work of an evangelist with those that are closest to you. You guys with me? All right, second group. I'm calling these the manifestation gifts. And I, I say that is because it's almost like a supernatural manifestation of the Spirit, and and honestly, guys, um, these are the gifts that sometimes cause the greatest confusion, um, and cause the greatest division, and the greatest concern, and we don't operate, we don't talk about, we don't, we just ignore them. But they are a part of the gifts that God has given us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we look at things at like word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. We want to talk about some of these, but we don't want to talk about some of these, Right because we don't understand, we're misinformed or they've been presented in a wrong way. And so when you look at, you know, the word prophecy and honestly, like I, I have, and I joke, like if you, if you tell me you're a prophet before you tell me your name, red flag, right? Because there are certain things that, that have been misused and abused um, in the spiritual world just as much as in the natural world, right? You can abuse food, you can abuse a spiritual gift, right? But you still have to eat food thankfully, we still have to operate and walk in our spiritual gifts, even when they've been abused by other people. Does that make sense? Right? So we look at word of knowledge and word of wisdom. What does that look like? And so the, the best example I can give you is like, there's been a couple of times where I felt like God has given me something to say to someone that I knew nothing about. Um, but I felt like I was supposed to say something to them. And so one Wednesday night, a few years ago, during worship, there was a couple on the front row and they were worshiping. And I had a picture, like an image and a thought of him presenting in a boardroom. And I thought he's going to have to give a presentation. I like this is the first time it had happened to me. And so I go to him and I'm like, look, the Lord kind of showed me that you were going to be in a boardroom. You were going to have to give a presentation. And he just wants me to tell you, don't worry about what you have to say that he will give you the words to say in the moment. And of course, like, you're nervous. You're like, should I say something? What if I'm wrong? You guys ever been there? Like, I feel like I should say this, but what if I'm wrong? Um, just say something. Be obedient in that moment. Because even if you're wrong and you were sensing the Holy Spirit lead you, that was a step of obedience. And in my life, whenever i felt and I've taken a step of obedience, I get a little bit stronger and I trust a little bit more, even if I'm wrong. Right. And so I tell him that he's like, thanks, you know, and, and then he just kind of walked away. I found out the next week he came to me and he said, I didn't want to say anything because it's been hush hush, but I was going in the next morning to resign from my job. And he was a principal of a pretty big school in our area. And that's a pretty big deal. And he didn't want people knowing. And so had I not said something, he would not have went in to that resignation with the confidence that he needed and could have backed out. So words of wisdom, words of knowledge kind of operate in that way. And so when you look at some of the other ones, gifts of healing, it's praying for people to be healed. Um, Discerning of spirits. Sometimes we use the terminology, um, I have the gift of discernment. You guys have heard that, right? Our church folks. There's actually nothing in scripture that says gift of discernment. There is a discerning of spirits. And we know in the spiritual world within our faith that there is a working behind the scenes that we don't know what's going on. Paul says we, we wrestle not against with what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities and the unseen. So there are things going on behind the scenes that we don't know. Discerning of spirits, those of us who operate in that gift, we know what type of spirit is working in that situation. Whether it's a spirit of oppression or a spirit of freedom, whether it's a spirit of addiction, whether it's a spirit of depression, there are things that are working behind the scenes. And those of us who have that gift, we can tell what's going on behind the scenes. And sometimes people will say, well, you know, I have the spirit of discernment i have the gift of discernment and they will use that as a green light to be critical right but it's not to be critical it is to edify and to protect right Okay, and so we look at, at that, and then different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. I wanted to talk about that this week, but we're going to push it to next week, and we'll talk about what that is in our life, and as far as what it looks like with praying in the Spirit and praying in tongues, because that is um, can be a dividing mark and it can be misunderstood. But at the same time, we learned last week that praying in tongues is a benefit of the Holy Spirit that most people are just uninformed about. It's not a bad thing. I just want you to. Un- understand it. You guys still with me? All right. Ministering gifts, last, last, last category. And a lot of times, let me just say this, this, this category can be seen as non-essential and non-important because they seem simple. That the gifts of prophecy and interpretation and healing, those are all magnificent. But then we look at the ministering gifts. And these are things that take place every day in our everyday world. And so these are the gifts of craftsmanship, being able to work with your hands, administration, being able to organize and put things together, the gift of giving, the gift of generosity, just being able to give to those who are in need, the gift of hospitality. That's just being nice to people and making people feel welcome, like they belong, like they're a part of. Um, And not everybody has that gift. We were doing um, a membership class at my previous church, and one of the questions we were helping people understand their spiritual gift, the question was, I enjoy having people at my house. It's dead quiet. And this lady goes, nope. (laughs) Just like straight out. I was like, well, I'm never going to her house. She's probably got like nails as a welcome mat, not going there. But there are those of us. We like being around people, it's fine. But then there's others of us that we want people to enjoy being around each other. And we wanna create an environment where that takes place and people can feel like they belong. And you may not realize it, but that is a spiritual gift. Um, The spiritual gift of exhortation, which is really just encouragement. Be an encourager. Like the scripture says, encourage each other as long as it is called today. Guess what today is? Today, when we get to tomorrow, guess what tomorrow will be tomorrow? Today. Okay, I was making sure that worked out right, right? But we always have to be encouragement. So you might not see that as an important gift, but it is. And then we look at the gift of intercession, which is praying for people on a consistent basis. And that's a gift that is is done behind the scenes, in a closet, um, by yourself a lot of times. The gift of leadership, the gift of mercy, just having empathy for people. We need that so much in our world today. Would you guys agree? Like in such a cancel culture, we need people with mercy saying, no, I know you're not perfect, but neither am I. Let's grow together. Um, the gift of missions, just having a heart to go to other nations and share the gospel, Uh, the gift of music and worship. Um, I definitely don't have that one. I like listening to music. That's about as far as I go. doesn't. But so you may have the gift of singing or playing an instrument. You have that ability early on, but then you come into a relationship with Christ and that almost gets like supercharged as a spiritual gift. And the Holy Spirit now uses that not just to entertain people, but to entertain the king in his presence, right? And so something shifts. And then there's other like spiritual gifts when you're looking, and you're like, I don't know about that. Like there's there's others that you know is not on this list. Is like the gift of choosing poverty. It's like I don't know that I want that one, right? Um, the gift of celibacy. Don't have that one. Three kids, right? And then the 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 gift of <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry. I didn't say that first service is something I probably shouldn't say. If you come here long enough, you'll realize I say things that I shouldn't say, right guys. Um, And then there's the gift of martyrdom. And I said, first service, I'll say it again. You only get to use that one once. Um, And so you only get to, so there are these gifts that we have that is to benefit others. Right. And so I want you to understand God's given you that gift. So, so how do you know what it is? Let me give you four things Um, real quick. Um, Actually, I'm, Going, yeah, four things, five things. Discovering your gifts. Um, They all start with a P because as pastors, we sometimes have to prolificate um, really good words, right? So the first one is this, passion. What is your passion? To help you discover your, your spiritual gift. What is your passion? What makes you angry? What gets you excited? And what breaks your heart? When you start sensing those areas and those things, it could be it's a clue to a spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit has given you. So what is your your passion? What do you take pride in? What do you take pride in doing well? That you're not gonna do something half-hearted. You're gonna do it to the best of your ability at a level of excellence that somebody else would not do. It could be that's a clue to a spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit has given you. Um, Where is there a profit? And not like a profit person, but like where is there an increase? Where are you successful? Where have there been areas in your life that you do really well and someone benefits as a result of it? Not just you, but someone else profits as a result. And then the fourth one is this is profile, spiritual profile. Um, and that's simply like taking a spiritual gift inventory. You don't really know. Um, there are surveys that you can take. And so you can go online. I would encourage you to find one that's not on Facebook, okay? Like find a legit one because some of the things that we do on Facebook, like, I don't know if that's real. But here's one that, and I don't know the website exactly, but just Google um, spiritual gifts, Church of the Highlands, They've got an incredible online spiritual gift survey that can help you or you can do this. In a few weeks, um, we will be having another growth track series. And growth track is really just our membership process to get you from the crowd to the core, um, to get you walking in on a team and building relationships. And we, we take a session to help you understand how God has gifted and wired each one of you uniquely. So, those four things, and then the last one, which is really the first one, but I wanted to spend I wanted you guys to hear this one last because it 's the last thing we hear that we remember, right, right is this just prayer, just prayer, and I know we say just prayer, but that 's where we should start it 's like ask God, God, reveal my passions to me, reveal what angers me, reveal what saddens me, reveal what I do well, let me see what my gifts are, and sometimes so giving you so much information, everybody, take a deep breath right? He was like, I should have put a mint in, right? I'm just kidding, (laughs) right? But I've given you so much information and you may be hearing all of this and you've seen some of these gifts or heard some of these gifts or some of these abilities and you think, well, I don't have this gift of apostleship or teaching or a manifestation gift because God doesn't love me enough. And we think that the gift that we have is based on how much God loves us or we've reached a certain level in our walk with Christ. Uh, You guys will hear me say this all the time. Jonathan and Aaron and our worship team will say this all the time. God cannot love you any less than what he does right now. He can't love you any more than what he does right now. And so the gifts that he gives you, regardless of where you think they rank on his scale, he gave them to you because he loves you. And I found this incredible quote. It says, our spiritual gifts are not based on how much God loves us. Each gift instead is handpicked with love for the calling he has for us. And, each, and I know that's, that's, that's a word that maybe we overuse sometimes, like the calling he has for us. We, we want to know our purpose. We want to know our calling. We want to know what we're supposed to do in life. But regardless of what that is, the gift that he's given you was given out of love so you can fulfill that purpose. And I say that is sometimes maybe your purpose is just to be one heck of a mom. Maybe your purpose is to be one heck of a husband. Maybe you may not have a title or a degree or hold an office in a church or maybe, maybe, do not neglect the importance of that. Because you using your gifts, even in your home, we think that only our gifts are meant to be used in the church. They're meant to be used outside the walls of the church way more than inside the walls of the church. Because moms and dads, you may be raising the next teacher, the next doctor, the next nurse, the next politician, the next pastor. You don't know. You may be working beside someone that needs the gift of mercy because they don't receive it or they have not received it in a past church experience. So don't underestimate the gift that God's given you. He's, he's handpicked it with love. And so when we look at this, that, that our, our gifts are given in love, even more importantly, and lastly, is that our gifts should be fueled by love. Our gifts should be fueled by love. Corinthians chapter 12 that we've been looking at, the very last verse there, verse 31. um, Paul makes this statement. He said, you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. He's saying, look, look, whatever you want to desire, earnestly desire. Like if you want to be a teacher, desire it. If you want to, you know, you want to prophesy desire, if you want to help people desire that earnestly. But he says this, he says, now, Let me show you the way of life that is best of all. So he ends chapter 12 with that. Let me show you the best way. And we read this as chapters. But 1 Corinthians is actually a letter. There's no chapters. It's just one page after another page after another page. And so the very next chapter, the continuation of this letter says, let me show you the best way of all. First Corinthians chapter 13 is known as the chapter of what? Love. We read it at almost every wedding because that's the foundation. And so he's saying, look, he's saying pursue love. And he makes the statement in the first few verses. He said, I could speak with, with tongues of angels. I could speak with the language of the angels, a thousand words, But if I don't have love, he says, I'm just a sounding gong. I'm just making a lot of noise. He says, I could have the gift of martyrdom and and, and generosity, and I could offer my body to the flames as a sacrifice, but it would be worthless if I didn't have love. And so what he's saying is, look, we can have all these gifts in operation, but if they're not fueled by love, it just brings noise and chaos that when we look, it says the fruits of the spirit. What's the first one is love. And so the fruit of love should fuel our gifts. It should fuel our gifts. And he says, he says at the end of chapter 13, he says the greatest, these will last faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is what? Love. You can have all the gifts and you can operate in all the gifts But if you don't have love, it's just noise and chaos. So I know it's a lot of information. So I want to encourage you, go back, listen to the podcast, read your notes. But I want to speak to those of you in here who may be saying, like, this is a lot of information. I can't do any of that stuff. I have no mercy. (laughs) Um, I I barely speak English. You're going to like... Give me another language to speak. I don't understand that. There's no way I can be a teacher. There's like, you see all these gifts and you think, there's no way I can do that. And I sense this in between services, and I didn't say this first service. God is more concerned with who you are to Him than what you do for Him. And so many times we get this messed up in the church and we think we have to do all these things to be loved, to be accepted. Because that's what we do in our relationships. And so we project that on God. But there's not anything that you have to do. You could have these gifts and never use them. He would still love you. You could have these gifts and use them in the wrong way, selfishly. He still loves you. Because the amount of love he has for you can't change. Because he's already shown the fullness extent, right? We see that in Romans. It says like, no one would die for a really bad person. Someone might die for a good person or a really good person says Christ died at just the right time while we were still sinners. He didn't wait for you and I to get cleaned up. He didn't wait on us to get cleaned up. He went on ahead and did the work. Now where he's waiting is for us to say yes to him. And some of us are afraid to say yes to him because we're afraid we'll disappoint him or we have disappointed him because we won't behave the right way. It's not a it's not a relationship based on behavior. It's a relationship based on being. And he's done all the work so that you can be his son, so that you can be his daughter, so that you can be his child, so that he can continue to love you in a way that you can never fully understand. So with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning as we as we wrap up and I want to speak specifically to those of you that maybe that hit. And I don't know, I didn't share that first service, but some of you felt like you've had to behave and you've had to act a certain way and do a certain thing in order to be loved. And I just want, I just want to tear down that wall right now in this moment, that there is nothing that is separating you from the love of a father. Paul tells us there's absolutely nothing that can separate us nothing in heaven, nothing on earth, nothing below, sickness, death, nothing can separate you. Only you can separate you from him. And I want to give you the opportunity now to come in close to him because he is drawing close to you even in this moment. Now there's some things that we have to do, right? We, we, we have to repent is a church word, but it simply means turn the other direction in a different way. We have to seek forgiveness and say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. We have to believe in our heart that Christ died as the final sacrifice. And we have to confess with our mouth that, that we believe that, that he died and he is alive. And he did all of that for me. And it says that in that moment that all the old is gone and all things are made new, that we are a new creation. And if that's you here today, here's, here's what I'm about invite you to say. Just say these words, Jesus, I give you my life. In retrospect of all that he has done and all that he has given and all that he wants to give, we say, Jesus I give you my life. And if that's you and you're here today and you've, you're saying those words in your heart and it's something that you want to say, that you feel like you need to say, I just want to invite you, you can just lift your hand for a moment and put it back down and that's not, not that doesn't save you it acknowledges that you need a savior and it lets me see who I need to be praying for during the week. And so if that's you, just in a moment, just lift your hand and you can put it right back down with everyone not looking around. Awesome. Awesome. All right, look up here at me, guys. Here's what we're gonna do in a moment. If you raise your hand, that doesn't save you. It acknowledges, Jesus, I need help. It's a sign of surrender. And so I'm gonna pray, but it's not your, it's not my words that save you, but it's yours. It's yours. And it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be a pastor's prayer. It doesn't have to be an elder's prayer. It just has to be a conversation. And this is the beginning of the conversation. I hope it doesn't end. It's the conversation that will last lifelong. But it's my desire that you would walk in all that God has for you in freedom from sin, from guilt and shame, and in strength and in power and in the fullness of his spirit. Can we pray together? Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for such an incredible day with your people and your presence. God, you've seen the hands that were lifted and even the hearts that were lifted. Or maybe someone's been in conversation with you over the last several days and they didn't really have the words and they didn't really understand the drawing and the sensing in their heart and their mind that they were feeling and they couldn't describe it. But God, I pray they know even in this moment that it is your spirit drawing them to you that we don't have to clean ourselves up to come to you that we come to you exactly how we are that you love us exactly how we are and God as they're speaking with you on their own terms with apology and with regret and a promise to turn away and trust in you God I pray that that your loving arms would just wrap around them in a tangible way that they just sense something new, something different. But they know in this moment that it's your presence. So God, for the rest of us, let us walk boldly with the gifts that you've given us, God. Let us not be ashamed to use them. Let us not doubt the gift and the power and the strength that is within us. God, help us to desire the greater gifts, but to operate and walk in love. Um, And not just to serve Avenue Church, but to serve your kingdom. To see those who don't know you come to a greater understanding and relationship with you. No matter how insignificant we may think our gift is needed, God, I pray that we know the power that it has because we're connected to a greater body and that you are the head. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap. Amen.